Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Grace Story Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us once again to listen in another great episode, this time with Sarah Seminick on identity, uh, which is pretty much the foundation of everything we do in life. Now, if you enjoy this podcast, if you love this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, uh, you can do that a few different ways. First, you can support us by uh, texting Grace Story, all one word, to 44321. That's Grace Story, all one word, to 44321. And that'll pop up something there that you can uh, give your tax deductible donation of any amount from 99 cents to $99 uh, or, or beyond. Every little bit helps to go uh, uh, directly to helping others on their journey of restoration and also to help resources like this podcast and what you're listening to continue to operate. Other ways that you can support uh, the, the podcast is by posting about it on social media, uh, sharing some of the posts that we put on uh, Grace Story Podcast on Instagram or on Facebook. Go over there, like and follow and share those things, uh, and uh, that'll help out a ton. Uh, So once again, thank you for all you're doing to support the podcast, and thanks for being here. Uh, Now, today's episode is all about identity, and we have Sarah Seminick coming on to talk about that. I'll tell you a little bit more about her in just a second. Uh, But as I was thinking about this particular episode, um, I I was reminded of and went back to a, uh, a moment in time during a presidential debate where someone said something about identity. As the story goes, uh, Vietnam War hero Admiral James Stockdale uh, was running along with Ross Perot in a presidential debate in 1992. Uh, He was trying to set himself up as this outsider to Washington, um, and he opened up the the whole debate by uh, trying to distance himself from the Washington elite. Uh, And and it opened kind of like this. Admiral Stockdale, your opening statement, please, sir. Who am I? Why am I here? And with that, he went down in history um, as maybe not distancing himself uh, from the Washington elite, uh, but more just people wondering, did he actually know why he was there and, and who he was and why he was running? Uh, and, you know, I, we laugh at that. But sometimes we, too, can uh, w- when, when things are going great, when everything is going our way, uh, we have the job we want. We have uh, the things in life that we think are, are, are what it's all about. We can feel comfortable in our identity and we can feel comfortable in who we are. But. When, when troubles hit and that tragedy just uh, wipes us out and we lose that job uh, that we feel makes us who we are, or we, we lose that money that uh, gives us status, or we just, it, it brings us to a point where we start asking that same question, who am I? Why am I here? And that question, along with uh, who we are in Christ, is what we're going to try to tackle today uh, on this whole thing of identity. Now, our guest today, Sarah Seminick, she's coming on to help us understand some of these things and talk us through the concepts 
uh, surrounding identity. Uh, Sarah Semenek is a marriage and family therapist associate at Freedom Counseling Services. Uh, she works with those who are struggling with um, anxiety, depression, traumatic experiences, grief, self-esteem, codependency, um, all sorts of relationship issues. Sarah has also worked in ministry for over 20 years and has a passion for working specifically with pastoral leaders and families. Sarah comes alongside her clients. She, she helps them achieve mental, emotional, and spiritual freedom. Uh, Sarah resides in Shelbyville, uh, Kentucky, and is a pastor's wife, mom of three energetic boys. Uh, she received her master's degree in marriage and family therapy from Campbellsville University and is certified in prepare and enrich. She is also trained in NET, which is neuro-emotional technique. So a lot to offer, uh, a great resource for us. We're glad to have Sarah Semenik on. Let's go to that conversation right now. I have Sarah Semenik here, and we are on location at Southeast Christian Church. It's a new campus. It is a new that campus. You are a big part of. What, what is your role here? Um, well, I'm the campus pastor wife. So my husband, Max, is the campus pastor here at the Shelby County campus that I I kind of lost what week we're on, but it's just launched in May, so <laughs> wow. April or May. So we, we're we're pretty pretty new trying well, to figure all things out. The time of this recording, like today, is May eighteenth. Um, so I mean, how's it going so far? Just just a, a couple of weeks. Uh, whirlwind, crazy. You don't do you all, have <laughs> all of the above. It's been eye opening, and just God has blown us away with the church family here. We had no idea how many people were actually going to come. We've been in the community for about seven years. And so we've had a handful, a couple hundred, hundred people involved in groups and different things that we knew of. And then when we opened the doors, boom, like numbers quadrupled and it's just blown us away. So the stories uh, week after week of people connecting here and it's been beautiful. What was it like uh, opening up in the, in the middle of a pandemic? Well, honestly, we were supposed to launch last year, probably, clearly. They were supposed to start building. And then we're very grateful to be launching towards the end of this pandemic so that we don't have as many restrictions, if, that, if I can be honest. So more people are able to come and fill our doors, and we don't have to have eight services just to you know get everybody in. So it's been wonderful, actually, to be more on this end of the pandemic than That's the beginning. That's awesome. And they're, and they're the big need, you said, but you're also a therapist and there is a big need there. Uh, we were talking to the pre-show about, you know, all the work you're doing there. Um, obviously, people in need of coming out of this with mental health and, and who they are. Mm -hmm. I think that was a big that was a big topic of conversation as people all of a sudden got shut into their homes and away from their communities, spikes in loneliness, depression, anxiety, what's going to happen to my job, what's going to happen to my family. I can't handle my kids because they're here all day and now I'm schooling them at home. Like there were so many changes that uh, the, the country and the world really just went through grief. And I don't think people really knew how to name that for the longest time, being angry, being depressed and just struggling through everything. And so it awakened a lot of mental health issues then, you know, and now we're seeing really an influx of like, we're hitting suicide season. If wow. I can be so yeah. like bold, like generally after a crisis like this, it's 12 to 18 months is when you really start seeing the effects of all of what's gone on. Sure. And so our, yeah, our numbers at the office are, we're on wait lists. It's just, it's so sad, um, but I'm thankful that people are coming to get help. Wow. I, I can't imagine being on a, <laughs> on a wait list to get mental health help. 
Um, but in this, in this podcast, we've had different episodes uh, that have been affected by the pandemic and some of the content that's come out of that. We've had, um, people talking about, um, lots of things popping up about identity, Mm. uh, whether that's loss of a job, loss of a career, um, different types of relationships, um, the boundaries that go with that. But at the base of that, is identity, and I was excited to have you uh, come on and in your 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 role, your profession, talking about identity, um, because I think it's it's so huge. It's like the foundation of any restoration. It's certainly the foundation of any Christ follower, uh, our identity and what that identity is in. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just start with um, a question here: How? And it's so broad, but <laughs> how and when are identities formed? Uh, and, and maybe go back a little bit further. What is identity? Ooh. Well, okay. So we're just going to jump right on yeah. into it. Jump um, right in. So identity development, I think, is something that we, I mean, I look back to adolescent years, and that's really where we start to form our identity. You know, you start looking at what peer group am I going to be a part of? What do I like? What are my dislikes? What are what what am I interested in? Do I agree with that? Do I like we're starting to really churn in adolescent years of do I agree with what my parents have taught me or am I going to really go with what I'm seeing in social media or, you know, culturally or whatever? And so I feel like our identities really start to take shape. Um, we're forming them in adolescent years. So I don't feel like it's something that we're born with. I think we kind of come into this world with, you know, personality traits and, um, but then it's our environment, you know, our home, um, our social school, all the things that kind of pour into that. And so it's really about like, who am I and who do I want to be? I think that's kind of identity. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And and with that, I think uh, a great follow-up question is, how much control do I have over forming that identity? Or is it something, because we have so much of culture. We talked with Cesar Perez in the last episode about him working with kids in public schools. And a lot of what he's facing is identity is paramount. Mm -hmm. Um, Going from gender identity to uh, religious identity, a political affiliate, Mm -hmm. it's all, who am I and who am I going to be? And you start getting those lines early. So how much control do we as individuals have over forming that identity mm-hmm. uh, in our own lives? You know, percentage-wise, I don't know. It feels a lot like everything else is controlling me, like I'm being exposed to all these different things, and it depends on what family I'm growing up in. It depends on what school I'm in or what friend group I follow, you know, fall into. Or So it feels like there's a lot of outside sources pouring into that identity, but I still have control over what I decide to do with all of that around me. So with those influences coming in, I can choose to turn them on, shut them off and, and, and help identify what I really want to be. Let's take a step back from that. Mm -hmm. And let me ask this question. What is, in your opinion, a healthy identity? As a Christ follower, I can say whatever God says about me is a healthy identity because a lot of times our our struggles in this world is just not even understanding who we are in Christ or who we were formed to be. And so um, we struggle with low self-esteem or we struggle with not feeling worthy or feeling um, like we're not good enough. And all these things end up forming our identity of like, well, I just need to keep trying or I need to. um, But if we just understood who God says we were, that we were worthy, that we were fearfully and wonderfully made, that there's, you were not a mistake, um, that you are forgiven, redeemed, saved, beautiful, all the mm. things that we yeah. want to hear, 
then I, that to me is a healthy identity of being confident in who God created me to be and my purpose in the world. And let's do this. So that is encouraging and discouraging to me for two, <laughs> for, but I'll explain. Like, it sounds like, uh, my, my value and my worth and my perception of myself overlaps a lot with mm-hmm. my identity. Mm-hmm. So is there going to be a point where I, as an individual reach an established identity, I know who I am and I will no longer struggle with or need to, uh, caretake mm. my identity. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 40. We'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Um, <laughs> I didn't ask. I know you <laughs> didn't, but I'm just going to throw it out there because I know you were thinking about it, but I, as a 40 year old, I'm still trying to figure out and wrestle with a healthy identity. Okay. Mine was probably not formed back in adolescent and like where I've solidly achieved. Yes. My identity is formed and I know who I am. Like that's not happened. And I feel like as a 40 year old female, I'm you know, still trying to understand my worth as a daughter of God and walking in that truth. Um, so is it, I think it's something that we all, maybe people arrive at it and I've met people who are really solid in those things Mm. and that maybe they had a better upbringing or parental coaching, I think plays a big part in, um, I think guiding our children into knowing who they are and helping them with that is a big part of, you know, forming that identity. Um, but I think it's a lifelong learning of being sanctified and knowing what God says about you and believing that it's true. Well, and you've, you've kind of alluded to that, but knowing that we are made in the image of God, knowing that he values us enough to just die for us, he values us to that level. And then also knowing what he can make us into being. And he, he, he takes the time. Yeah. Like time is so valuable. I guess God has infinite amounts of time, but you know, from a human perspective, he takes that time mm-hmm. to value us, to spend time with us and seems to revel in our shame, our brokenness and our low self-esteem. Uh, seems to, in a way that he, he likes to not revel in a, in a bad way, but like wants to be there in the middle of it with us. He's not scared of it. No, it's insane. Uh, yeah. that the King of the universe, the God of the universe wants to do that for me. Mm-hmm. So that, that leads me to, something I want to ask kind of in that same vein, but is it possible to live up to an identity in Christ? Cause that seems like a tall, a tall order. Like, I know. Is, um, that, is that, is that possible? I think that is the question a lot of Christians have because we feel like we have to earn everything. Can I live up to really what God, am, am I going to earn it? Am I going to like make him happy? Am I? And so I feel like if I'm going to try to earn this, no, like if I'm going to try to like will myself to be, I'm going to have the perfect identity. Like, I don't think that that's possible. Um, I, do I know and understand and believe all that God says that I am like, I need to work on that every day. So it's a, hum, it's a, it's a posture of humility of what don't I get yet, God, you know, and I'm going to work on it. I'm not going to beat myself up if I'm not perfect. So that's my that's maybe my personality talking a little bit because I'm very perfectionistic and like, oh man, I have to be perfect and I have to earn this because mm-hmm. otherwise God's not going to, you know, be well, happy. And, and building on that, and, and this wasn't in the show notes, but uh, with with that, how much of God, our view of God, our perception of God, what we've learned from early authorities in our life, and I want to be careful here, mm-hmm. but uh, what we are learning of God from those early authority figures in our life, how much of that view of God, the perception, does, does how much does that play into our identity, 
our identity in Christ? Such a good question. I think we could do probably a whole show on that Um, because it does make a big difference. I work, um, I feel like in my office, I work with identity all the time. People are coming in. I don't know who I am anymore. What's going on with me? Like, you know, all of these, it's all of the identity questions. So when you said like the crux of what we deal with as Christians, if we, so tangent. Um, And so when we come back to that idea of how do the people that I've looked up to, those authority figures, how do they shape my view of God? It absolutely shapes our view of God unintentionally. So we can look at characteristics of our father. We can look at characteristics of our mother and we can pull different ones and like mesh it together. And that's who sometimes we think God is. That's how I have a really, I had a really messed up view of God Mm. because of my well-intentioned parents. But like, that's what I learned. Like, he was passive unless I, you know, did something bad and then he's, you know, in or he's the, you know, disciplinary person and he's ashamed of me, but he's tender. And so I had all these like mixed views of God, but it's that I have to earn my love, you know. So I think part of it is if we have a thwarted view of God and misunderstanding his character, we're going to have a pretty jacked up identity too. Oh, for sure. And with that... Because if that's true, then, you know, as we're forming our identity and we're having these, we're also forming our perception of who God is, Mm -hmm. those can get jacked up Mm -hmm. really quick, really soon. So let's say uh, I'm listening to you uh, and I'm, I'm finding that I don't have an established or as you kind of defined the healthy identity in Christ. How do I get to working on that? Okay. That's a great question. And I think we have to start with, what do I say about myself? What are those thoughts in my head that I'm, you know, those one-off comments, you know, like, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, man, I always mess that up. Why do you, you know, always those comments that you say in your head, right? The things that you just, they come out and you're like, where did that come from? We have to begin writing those things down as embarrassing as they are. Do I think I'm smart enough? Do I think I'm worthy of people's time? Does my presence really matter to anybody? Um, You know, and so writing out, I am this, I am that, and, you know, making a list of those things of, well, you know, even what we do, I'm, I'm a good mom or I'm a bad mom, like, I don't know, just all of those things about us. And then looking at scripture, I think Googling identity in Christ, and they're going to have tons of scriptures online of what does God say? Like, who does God say that I am? right? Who is God for one? Like make a whole list of that. And that, that's a, that's a whole nother list, but it's looking at who God is. Um, who does he say that I am in scripture and matching those up? If they don't match up, if he says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made on his list and on my list, I've, I'm a mistake. Yeah, that's not going to line up very well. And so do I trust myself or do I trust the creator of the world who knows me, sees me? Pretty sure I need to look more towards what God is going to say about me than what I say about myself. Well, and again, I want to be careful here, but Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like a little bit of it is relearning who God is. Mm -hmm. Um, That could sound taboo to some people like, "Mm, no, God is, he just is who Mm -hmm. he is. And you don't need to relearn. What is it? What does it look like? Because you've touched it a little bit. What does it look like to relearn who God is? What Mm -hmm. is it like to be reintroduced to the creator of the universe and the creator of you? Yeah. Um, for me personally, it's been actually a really beautiful process and it's been a very heartwarming and tender and, um, 
eye-opening and relieving um, journey of learning about who the Father really is and how He loves and how He how we need to fear Him and be in awe of Him and how we still need to, you know, like, hey, we should not be sinning and this is why. Not because He's going to punish us, it's because He loves us. And so it's relearning like, oh, you love me. That's why you want me to do this. It's not that I'm not good enough. And so it really has been a sweet journey for me and that time of, I guess, understanding him. And it's just been some of the sweetest moments of my life, like going away. Like I remember going on a retreat and really studying, uh, particularly the book Father God by Dave Patty. That was monumental for me and understanding how my father wounds and father vacuums is what they call them and how those played a role into me not understanding who God really was. And that he really was pleased with me and that he loved me. Let's, let's go deeper right there, yeah. if you're okay with it. What, can you tell me for, for Sarah, what, what if you had to explain who God was mm. before you got into that restoration journey, that reintroduction to God, what, who, who was God? How would you describe him for Sarah before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so God cared about what I did a lot. And God cared that I did it really, really well. And to his like perfectionistic, like, yeah, you don't match up to Jesus. Yeah, you're going to need to try that again. Um, So I was very grades driven in school. So that perfectionistic like need to, you know, that's 100% is not good enough. Like I need to be 110% because God will like me more that way. And so in my family, like even favoritism um, was a big deal of like, how am I going to stand out? I'm from a big family. And so how am I going to stand out and be the favorite? How am I going to get noticed And so it was all about achievement and doing well and not doing the bad things, doing the right things. And that was going to get me the, you know, the A plus, you know, 100% smiley sticker on my report card from God. That's what God was to me. And if I didn't do those things, I would get punished. So tell me, tell me then, and and on the other side of that, with this question that I want Mm -hmm. you to answer after that, first, who is God now? What, what are his characteristics to you? What does that relationship look like? And then what did that journey look like? What are some of the the actions that you found helpful in establishing that that healthy view of God and a healthy identity of your, for yourself? Okay, so there's a lot there. So let me just try to unpack <laughs> who God is to me now. Is I actually understand um, I have a relationship specifically with the Father, with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, like in Trinity whole, like we have moments together where he can come and minister to my heart. And I just weep because I'm like, oh, there he is. You know, I, I just, we have to learn to kind of still ourselves and be in those moments. And so I'm learning to connect with them that I don't have to be afraid of them uh, when I mess up. That shame is actually a good thing that draws me closer to him and allows me to confess those things of where I've screwed up or where I've had that temptation. And so he's not as condemning in my mind anymore. Like he's a gentle father who will come and Jesus is there like a brother for me, you know, and just loving me unconditionally. Um, it's it's no love that I've ever understood before. It's pure and it's just been amazing. And the Holy Spirit, like I'm learning more about him and how he really comes alongside and empowers me to do the things that God's called me to do. Yeah, so he, he can sound kind of ominous. Like yes. personal yeah. people calling him the Holy Ghost is like, eh, I don't yeah. really do ghosts. So yeah. that's weird. Right. Uh, but yeah, when that, that's awesome to learn more about who the Holy Spirit actually is. Yes. Because when I was a kid, like we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. It was like, you know, like <laughs> that's bad. Like we don't, we just didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm like, why? You know, now as an adult, I'm like, no, like we need to know this part of the Trinity because he's like, we all have him in us. And that's the power. Yes. 
So anywho, so I'm super <laughs> pumped to be on a journey of learning more about the Holy Spirit. But um, all of that was a journey really that's been unfolding the last six, seven years. I don't know. So it's been a long time of just chunk by chunk, you know, taking those traumas in my life, those uh, formative moments where uh, my identity was formed. Um, it was very unhealthy and kind of uncovering all of that and dealing with the emotions and dealing with the things I'd never had processed before. So. Well, and what were some of those actions that, that helped you along that journey of, of going back, reliving, processing, mm-hmm. recognizing things for what they were? What were the actions that helped you through that? Journaling was a huge one. Um, going to therapy was another one. So I'm an advocate, like I'm a therapist, but I go to therapy. Like we all need to, let's just be honest. And it's a great thing. Like, um, so there's things that we can uncover and understand better about ourselves and our patterns and family stuff and how we came to be. I don't know. It's just a safe place. I think, um, I, you know, at least on my couch, I try to make my clients feel like this is a safe place for you to process anything. Um, and so I felt like I had that and just combing through trauma through, um, just being able to identify emotions that I was still holding on to and releasing those, um, Re, replacing thoughts about myself, uh, about with what God said. So scripture was involved, journaling, just processing and talking to people, healing relationships, um, learning boundaries, like all the things that you guys talk about on this podcast, like that was all part of my journey of becoming a healthier version of me. Well, and I want to, I want to take that and direct it towards um, <laughs> channeling back to, you know, those teenagers or, or, or college age years. Mm-hmm. So if I'm someone now who is right, because I, I can understand reforming, reintroducing, we've talked about that. But what if I'm right in the middle of it? I'm developing my mm. identity. I'm this is I'm fresh. I'm I, I I'm I'm identifying who God, or recognizing who God is, mm-hmm. forming that as well. What are some ways for me to do that? Be proactive about it as. Well, they, they'll call it, the older people will call them kids, but <laughs> what are some ways to be proactive? So I don't have to uh, go through cycles. I can break it now with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a big fan of just looking like timelines, writing out, you know, just your life, um, highs and lows, you know, highs on the top part, lows on the bottom of the line. And just what are some of those major things in your, in your world of, what do I remember? What are some significant moments? Um, but also what are those low moments of like, okay, what's still triggering me? Where are some of those formative things? So kind of doing your own work to feel out like, okay, what's still, what's still messing in there? Like what doesn't need to be in there? When I talked to God and he said, yeah, that we're still going back to that same moment. You keep going back there. Um, so I think identifying your own moments in your life that are still a problem. Um, and then also doing family work, like I love genograms. So if you're out there, marriage and family therapy, like therapists, like we use genograms. So it's a family map of just understanding generational patterns. Um, if there's alcoholism or if there's, you know, divorce on this, like understanding, like, oh my gosh, like this doesn't just start with me. Like this has been going on for generations. Jesus, how can we stop this and getting ahead of that, of knowing like, okay, I'm, I'm continuing the favoritism. I didn't even realize it. God help me to stop that. And so I think part of it is being aware of what's in your past past and knowing how those things are affecting you today. So getting ahead of the the wave with that is super important. Um, I think if you don't have a therapist, get a therapist. Find mentors of people that you trust. If your parents are not that for you, maybe they are. Like go, like sit at their feet and, you know, be humble and say, okay, maybe you haven't listened to everything you've had to say over the years, but you follow Jesus 
in a way that I, I don't understand. What was that like for you? How did you get to that point? Ask people, take them to lunch. What is it like for you to live, um, as solidly as you do? Like you're so confident. What is that about you? How did you get there? So I think that's a way to just engage with other people in your community and ask them how they've been living. Well, I like that mentorship approach too, because that's going to have you looking for examples of where you want to go Mm -hmm. within a biblical worldview, um, of course, but where you want to go and who you want to be. And then just asking them, Hey, how do I get there? Yeah. Um, with, with that. So we had a, a episode where we talked with, uh, Cesar Perez and he, he actually threw some grants and some law loopholes, uh, teaches biblical, uh, Bible classes mm-hmm. in public school. Um, and he, we we're asking him like, what's one of the, some of the things that you're getting back from kids these days, like literally in the ninth, 10th grade, all those things. Mm-hmm. And his was a lot about identity. Um, especially around gender identity. Mm-hmm. And I want to frame that, that question to you a little bit because it's not been talked about a lot, at least as I was growing up. Don't talk about it. But how, how does being made in God's image uh, play into our identity mm. in the conversation of gender identity today? Ooh, that's a tough one. I know. Because I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it, and I think sometimes we're scared to talk about it. Sure. Um, but I think we're all trying to do our best to figure out who God created us to be. Um, and so if we can get to the heart of understanding who he is and understanding who I am in him and helping, like, I feel like we're going to turn to so many people on this earth to try to figure out who that, like who we are. Tell me who I am. Tell me who I am. We just walk around with a cup and say, fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me, tell me everything. <laughs> God's like, You're going to be, you're going to be stuck you know, doing that for a long time and you're going to come up empty. And so I like to picture, uh, being a vase, you know, well, I'm a girl, so I can be a vase. You can be a bucket, whatever you want, but just being uh, a container of just staying still and being open so that the father can fill me to overflowing. And so he fills me. And out of that overflow, if it just keeps overflowing, then I am able to love others and I can be confident in who I am. I'm not begging other people to fill me like he's filling me. And then I get to help fill other people, you know, and if we're all positioning ourselves and listening to the creator, like he knows how you're wired, right? Sure. He knows every fiber of your being. He knows gender. He knows heart. He knows mind. He knows soul. He knows every fiber of you. And I think we just get lost when we're trying to look to this person over here, or this person over here, or this podcast, or this book, or this movie star. They don't even know who they are, by the way. <laughs> They're trying, but like, and we're trying to follow them and like mimic their DNA and do all the things. And it's just not what we're supposed to do. So I, we get lost. I love that. I love the way you approach that answer. One, it's very careful. It's very thoughtful but it centers more on the relationship with Christ and identity in Christ. And that's how you figure that out. Mm-hmm. So it's less about the do's and don'ts and more about the who yeah. uh, and, and and the where and the why. Well, well let's turn just a little bit uh, a corner here um, with another question I wanted to ask. What What is a common myth about human identity that is false? Okay. Um, I would say a common myth about identity is that we're born with it, that we don't have a choice, um, that we're kind of stuck with what we've been given at birth. And it's like, I don't, 
I don't think that's true. Uh, I think we're, like I said, I, I think I said before, of like we're born with personality. And, you know, I think some of those things are formed when you come out and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a strong-willed one. Or, you know, like, oh, they're so quiet as a baby. I'm like, so we have some things as we're growing up. But I think that identity is something that definitely we have more control over than. So if you don't, like, if you don't like yourself in your teens, like, guess what? You don't have to stay that way. Like you can change and become more of who God made you to be. Um, and understanding all of that about yourself. Well, and I, hope, <laughs> I don't know that I liked me very much when I was a teen. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I'm glad we get to change. <laughs> but along with that, like what's the, what's the best advice that you've received on this topic as well? Okay. Yeah. Um, don't rush your journey. I feel like it, we want so quickly to be who like we're supposed to be 20 years down the road. And honestly, it's those moments in between where we're really wrestling with something that, you know, am I really worthy? Like I've been wrestling that for a couple of years, like just solidly, like, am I worthy? Um, you know, and so don't rush it. Um, don't think you're stuck forever in your teens. Cause I felt like that for a long time. I felt like that's like, well, that's who I was. So, you know, I just fell asleep basically to myself mm. and didn't really take time to identify gifts or passions. I was like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Sounds good. Like, I mean, I would just bend my will to everybody. And so, um, finding your identity in Christ is a lifelong journey. So trying not to rush it because those moments, like you won't be who you're supposed to be 10 years from now. Like if God showed you like, yeah, you're gonna be doing this. Like, first of all, we would say, uh, no, cause I'm going to have to do, if you show me the whole path, you would say, there's no way, like it becomes overwhelming. And so we can get overwhelmed with, we're trying to change all these things at once. And so just taking, I don't know, a little bite at a time of like, God, what can I handle this week? What can you help me with this week of just changing those things one at a time? So I, I love that. I, and I want to ask you, uh, and we've already, we've talked about, um, you know, the action items that we can do, mm-hmm. um, but on that slow journey, and if there's more action items, you can throw them in, but what are some resources, action items that, that can help me along that slow journey mm-hmm. that I'm intentional about? Yeah. So I mentioned, I mean, clearly God is going to be the best counselor for you and your best guide in this journey. Cause he knows where, you know, where you're supposed to go. Other people are great resources as well. And so finding people that you trust to talk to. Um, I loved sitting people down um, interview style of like, I'm going to take you out to lunch. And now you're going to tell me, like, what do you see in me? What are some gifts? Um, What are some abilities? Um, What just other things like just tell me who do you see that I am? What do you what do you see that I'm passionate about? Because other people are going to know me. They're going to see different things in me than I see in myself. And so if I don't have confidence, maybe um, somebody else can see that and can breathe that. It's like encouragement. I'm like putting courage in you. And so that helps us to kind of stand out with our um, and just learning more about our identity as well. Um, Other resources. um, I'm a a big fan of the Enneagram. So I feel like uh, that's a huge part in understanding our personality. Um, But that also has helped me kind of just solidify more confidence in in my identity of uh, learning to wake up to myself. I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So nine wing ones out there like that's I'm in your I'm in your ball field here. Um, so I think Enneagram is a big one. Um, I'm trying to find my list. Where's my list of things? I wrote them all down. I love books, uh, by Peter Scazzaro, the emotionally healthy spirituality, that whole series. Those are all great. Um, I love studying the armor of God. 
I know that's kind of like, you know, left field, but I love studying the armor of God. Priscilla Shire does a great study on that. And I think understanding just the tools that I have um, made me just more confident in God. Have I understood the enemy's strategy? And I'm like, I understand how to fight that. I'm like, oh, dude, like, I am ready. Let's go. Like, that really built my confidence and understanding, like, no, I'm a warrior. That's part of my identity. And so um, that was good. And then also, one more thing, um, part of a recent journey uh, in the emotional soul care work area, I've uh, been a part of the Liminal Work Ministry. So um, you can look at liminalwork.com and uh, it's it, weekend experiences, soul care groups where we really just kind of hone in on understanding your feelings, understanding, which I know all the men out there are like, oh, forget this, but there's men's weekends as well. And my husband's been on it and it's been life-changing for him and just a ton of people in our community where this work is really helping us to take ownership of who God says we are, um, to really kind of get rid of some of those unhealthy truths and really grab onto those healthy truths about who God says we are and helps us kind of work through some of all that we've been talking about, that identity stuff, those moments in the past that may have formed us early on. Um, God helps you just work through that. So that's been another huge resource for me personally. Well, there's a lot that if you you don't know where to start, you can probably just pick one uh, and go with it. But... I think coming to to the end of this, because there's a lot there to, I mean, this could go on for just an entire podcast. You could have episode after episode, but bringing it uh, down to just, we're here at the end. People have listened. They've got some, a lot of stuff to do, Mm -hmm. but if there's one big takeaway that you want to give to them, one thing that you want them to leave with uh, an action item or a word of encouragement or Mm -hmm. Uh, something we've already talked to just directly to the listener what would that be okay yeah i know there's so many big ideas and it feels really overwhelming when somebody talks about identity in general and so i know we've talked about a lot of things here today but the thing i would love for you to take away is that you don't have to keep living with a broken identity that doesn't fit you anymore and that um that you can take steps to find out what god says about you finding that identity in christ and um, find out what truly suits you. And so, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but when I was thinking about this, um, I go back to the scene in the first movie where Harry is at his aunt and uncle's house and he's having to wear his uh, cousin's clothes that are like ridiculously big on him. And so, but they didn't care a lick about him. And so, well, you can just have his hand-me-downs. I mean, they were literally like 10 sizes too big. And so he's wearing these pants that are cinched together. And I feel like a lot of times that's what we're doing is we're walking around in clothes that don't fit us and an identity that doesn't fit us. Something that was handed down to us, something that, you know, some off comment really stuck with us. And now we're, you know, having to deal with these horrible identities that we just didn't ask for or really didn't plan to have. And it just doesn't suit us anymore. And that's okay, but it, you don't have to keep wearing it. And so God has a better identity for you, um, one that is meant to suit you. And so searching that out, I think, is going to be my big takeaway for you. Just, I love that. Yeah. That's perfect. And that's a great way to, to end this. I mean, there's so much that could be said on identity, but thank you for taking the time and sharing your expertise and uh, your passion uh, for, for helping others in their restoration journey and finding their identity. Thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
a lot there in that episode. I hope you've enjoyed the deep dive into uh, identity in Christ, what a healthy identity looks like. Uh, We're very grateful for Sarah coming on and and walking us through that. I'm sure we'll have to have her back another time. Uh, And thank you to the listener. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please just share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review wherever you're listening from. Uh, To catch all the latest from uh, Grace Story Podcast, you can follow Grace Story Podcast on Instagram at Gray Story Podcast and on Facebook, uh, same username. Lots of great stuff over there throughout the weeks in between episodes. If you're looking for other ways to also support the podcast and the ministry, you can simply get on your phone, text Gray Story, that's all one word, Gray Story, to 44321. Uh, uh, the number, once again, 44 three, two, one, and it'll have something that pops up for you to be able to send in your tax deductible donation of any amount. It goes right to helping others on their journey of restoration through Grace Story Ministries and keeps resources like this podcast going. We will be back in two weeks with another episode, of course, this time with Nathan Storms. Uh, He's a, a young man who's gone into ministry during the pandemic right out of college. And he's going to be talking to us about what it's like to be a young person in ministry today. Should people still be getting into ministry? What's it like ministering to people that are older than you? Uh, We're going to get into all that in two weeks. Until then, we'll be praying for you.